Hey, welcome back to How to Write a Novel. That's my fucking, that's my catchphrase now. That's how I start all these. So I'm back at the, uh, the sort of cliff area that leads down to the beach. And I just noticed this fence actually, like it's just been knocked down, you know? I love that about fences. Like you'll always find the little holes in the fence or the little area where things have been pulled away just so people can get through. It's rare to find a fence that doesn't have some way through it, but man, this fence just, bam, someone just knocked this shit down. They're like, no, this is not a place where a fence is appropriate. And I agree, because I come down this often lately. See, I noticed with this, uh, I mean, it is, it's a pretty steep little thing, but I realized last time I went down this that there's only really one part going down this uh, cliffside like, cliffside is probably a little too strong a word. But there's one part that's really dangerous, where it's quite narrow, and there is a big drop-off, and it's like, whoa, if I fell right here, this is the place where I'd get seriously hurt. Anywhere else, anywhere else I'd probably be okay. You know, I could probably grab onto something and stop myself. The danger would be if I rolled all the way to this one part that I'm coming up to now. But that kind of works where I was talking about transplanting this into a story a couple episodes back, how uh, I'm going to put this cliffside in one of my stories as a, a way for a kid to beat an adult, basically. And it works even kind of better that, uh, that there's only the one kind of real dangerous ridge. Because that's why the grown-up, I mean, he's going to be angry, so he's chasing this kid. But if it was a really dangerous cliff, he wouldn't chase the kid down the cliff, you know, that'd be insane. But the fact that it starts out not as dangerous and it ends not as dangerous, I'm at the dangerous part right now, see I gotta like, gotta like fucking push myself up on this really rough sand and grab an exposed root. Here we go, here we go, we're gonna do it. Whoa! Like if that root came out or wasn't as secure as it looked, or the sand really fell away, like that's where I'd man. Yeah, if I fell down this, then there's a big log, like a big fallen tree at the bottom. Fuck, I'd get hurt. <laughs> it would suck so much. But yeah, that works for the story. It's like maybe the guy doesn't actually realize quite how dangerous it is, but our protag, who spends a lot of time getting to know all the ins and outs of the whole town, she knows, so she can use that to her advantage to win. So today I just want to talk a bit about uh, another little wrinkle about going slow. My basic technique is I write every day, but I don't necessarily write very much each day. Small amounts each day. And one of the benefits to that, I think, is uh, rather than pushing oneself and like forcing a certain number of words every day, is it gives you a lot more opportunity to be mindful of where you're going and to kind of recalibrate if you start going down the wrong path, you won't just keep forcing yourself down that path. And it's going to sound uh, extremely shitty to say, but like I just don't like most writing. I don't like most writers. The insane majority. I just don't like it. I feel like just it's like bland to try to read people's stuff. It doesn't... Uh, it's like, if my mind gets on board at all, 
the likelihood of staying on board is just very rare and it's just a, it's a goddamn shame like I just think there's something wrong there's something wrong with writing and it could have something to do with what I was saying last episode about existential malaise and we're just like a generation of people with nothing to fucking say that could definitely be part of it but in a more concrete way I think there might be something about how people write that is causing this problem part of it is definitely just a philosophy like I really get the feeling with a lot of writing that the writer themselves is not really that into it and they're just expecting or hoping that we will be you know like instead of it being the writer's job to keep things interesting and to keep things relevant and to keep things uh, engaging instead I sometimes get the feeling oftentimes get the feeling that the writer is kind of putting that burden on me like I it's my job to be interested like it sounds just weird to say but it really is the feeling I get of like like the unspoken whoa almost fell the unspoken tone of the writer is oh this is the part that has the uh, the rope to climb down that makes sense the unspoken tone of the writer is I'm not interested in this but I bet you will be that is a feeling I get very often and it never works it's never true I mean, maybe if you're writing for a very young audience, you can get away with that shit, but you still shouldn't do that. It's still a shitty thing to do of like, I don't think this is good. I don't think this is interesting, but I bet you'll find it interesting. Ah, down on the beach, just like I was saying last episode, that exact thing basically happened where I wasn't sure that I was gonna come down to the beach today. I'm a little hungry, I'm like, oh, well, if I diverge that way, I could go to Burger King, or if I diverge that way, I could go to McDonald's. Literally the worst reasons not to come to the beach, to go eat trash food. But I didn't, I made it to the beach instead, and now that I'm here, it's like, ah, it's so beautiful, it's so awesome. Oh, there's some people, though, because it is so beautiful today. Secret beach is a little less secret. So yeah, that, uh, that thing of uh, yeah, writing stuff that you yourself are not that into. It's one thing if it is like a kid's book. I mean, that's a cynical thing to do. But at least there's like a reason. There's like a profit motive of like, whatever. I'm just pumping out these kid's books. I don't need to think this is good. Who gives a shit? I'm just trying to make them. You know, I'm opposed to that. I don't think you should do that. But at least that makes sense. You know, there is a clear reason why people do that. It's nice when you read something that you liked as a kid and it's still good when you're an adult, but oftentimes that is not what happens. But it's just sad when it happens in adult stuff. It's like when you read something and you just know that somebody's trying to be fancy or they're trying to be, it's like they're trying to be grown up. It's like a kid wearing their fucking parents' clothes and it's like, huh? Isn't this good? Isn't this meaningful? Isn't this deep? Isn't this a grown-up, mature work? And it's like, no, it's fucking boring. It sucks. Do you really like this? And if you could give that writer some truth serum, I'm sure they'd say like, no, I'm not really. I'm not really into this. I just thought this is what people would like. I thought other people would like it. 
It's a feeling I never, ever, ever want to feel while I'm writing. I never want to feel that, that I'm just writing something that I hope someone else will like. Oh, I hope this will be meaningful to someone else. I hope this will connect with someone else, but it doesn't with me. And uh, I know there's going to be a lot of people that won't like my stuff. Like, it might sound like I'm talking about writing stories that are super action-packed and super eventful. And that's not at all the case. My writing is very slow and very calm and very subtle things happen. I think a lot of people would find my writing boring. But what's important to me is that people like me, people that have my disposition, people that have my natural rhythm, people that... Like, I'm not trying to be Dan Brown. I'm not trying to write big bestsellers. I just want people like me to find a book that connects with them because it's so rare and so hard to do. And I don't want those people to feel left behind or left out, you know? That's the people I'm writing for. And if it works out in a larger way, that's great. If it doesn't, that's fine. I just want it to be true to what I like and what I think is good and what I think works. So say your story takes a wrong turn. Say you're uh, on the wrong foot, you start heading down the wrong path, things start to not feel right. Things are not exciting anymore. Things are not clear. It can be tough to figure that out, you know? It can be tough to unravel that because it's all such an abstract task. You might start to feel in the edges of your mind that something is going wrong. You might start to lose interest in your own project. But it can take a little time. It doesn't always hit right away. And if you're plowing forward and you're just like, I need to write a thousand words a day. I need to do whatever. I need to just push, 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 push. In my case, like I'd say it probably took, I guess only two or three days to figure out I was going the wrong way but actually way longer because I've kind of had this course in mind for like a couple of weeks at least. And it's finally starting to become clear that this is not how things should go. And if this happens to you while you're writing, but you're just pushing, 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 and you're way far down the line, it's like, ah, look what a good writer I am. Look how productive I am. Look at all this work I got done but now things are unraveling in my mind and I'm starting to realize that this is the mistake and this is not the way things are supposed to go. Now, where did it go wrong? And what if it went wrong like two football fields ago? What if it went wrong ages ago? And now you've got so much more to untangle and so much more to figure out. Maybe you just won't bother. Maybe you'll just keep going. Maybe you won't properly fix it. Maybe this will contribute to writing yet another book and yet another story that nobody fucking remembers and no one gives a shit about and doesn't mean anything to anybody because it's just like, I don't know, it's just a confusion mess. It's just a a confusion mess. That's because uh, I saw a guy approaching down the beach, threw me off. It's hard to talk to yourself when uh, you're concerned about another human being interrupting the recording. But why not? It's a good term. It turns into a confusion mess. And again, I'm just speculating about other people and other writers. I don't know. I don't know how they behave. I don't know how they act. I don't know how they think. I just know what comes out at the end. And I know I don't give a fuck about it. And I know it's just a fucking hundreds and hundreds and thousands of books that I'm just like, you're doing it wrong, man. This sucks. 
So all I can really say is like what I do and how I feel. But that's one of the benefits to working in a slow, deliberate pace is being more aware of when things go off the rail and being more aware of when things need to be recalibrated. Because in this case, so I've got all of these notes, kind of the vast majority of my notes before I started this novel, were about these two aliens talking to each other and talking about their different species and their different philosophies and their different upbringings and their different, you know, the things that make them different. That was kind of the vast majority of the notes for this story. And I was kind of surprised as I've gone, like I'm like a year in now, how little of that has really worked its way in because there's no easy way to do it. To just have these two characters have a long conversation it just doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel like something I would expect somebody to read, you know? It turns into like a Wikipedia entry about these little alien species and not a story. But in order to get to the next point in the story, I need these two aliens to finally kind of be less adversarial and to hang out more and to talk more and to kind of become friends because the native of the space station is gonna try to get the visitor like access to their computer system and stuff. And that's the next plot point that needs to happen, but in order for him to do that, you know, they need to be better friends. So I was like, all right, finally, I'm gonna get into the meat of my notes. This is gonna be the fun part to write. This is gonna be the easy part. This is where I've got all the notes and they're just gonna talk and talk and talk and become the best little friends. So on top of that, just as I was going, just through happenstance of just coming up with different things while I'm writing, I came up with, on the space station, there's these gem rooms I talked about a bit in the last episode, where the aliens cultivate these gems and they're real pretty. And I was like, hey, there can just be a bunch of these gem rooms. They can all be different colors and they can just do a little tour of the gem rooms. Like this is their clubhouse. Every time they hang out, they go to a gem room and they just hang out and talk. And I was like, ah, that's great. This is now the time I can finally use all these notes. And it'll be so easy, because I'll just start every chapter with, hey, they're in this gem room, and the gems are this color. Here's kind of what it looks like now. Let's just have a big conversation. And really, that's, that's the issue. I guess deep, deep down in my brain, I knew I was breaking from the pattern of the whole rest of the book. Like, if they couldn't just stand around having a long conversation before, why is it suddenly okay now? Why is this suddenly gonna work now? But I was kind of trying to, to stamp out that thought. It's like, no, 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 it's fine, it'll be fine. Let's just do it, it'll be, it'll be great. And I guess that doubt just started growing more and more. I'm only on the second room. Like, they hung out in one gem room. I'm like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Now let's hang out in another one. And I mean, to get through all of the conversations I want these people to have, I have no fucking idea how many days in a row they'd have to hang out in a gem room and just have a conversation. But yeah, now that I'm saying it out loud like this, it's extremely evident that this is not a good idea. This is not gonna work. This is an extremely flat, bland part of the book. Like when you can just take a whole chunk of the book and just put a fucking, just circle it as like, 
That's the gem room part. That's the part where for 50 fucking pages they just sat around in these rooms and talked. There is no fucking way that's gonna work. There's no fucking way that's a good idea. Maybe if it was a play <laughs> or something. But I resisted the urge to have them do that for the entire past year of writing. And now it's just gonna work? Of course it's not gonna work and it doesn't work. So by going slow and by not giving myself artificial goals, like I do think if I was one of these people that's like, I gotta write 500 words a day, I gotta write a thousand words a day, I gotta do whatever. I gotta sit down for three hours and not leave my desk. I think I would be actively engaged in ignoring feelings like that. Because I just want to get the work done. I just want to get the numbers. I just want to get the specific task finished. When it's not the task that's important, it's the process that's important. See, I really think that uh, those daily... Forcing yourself to do a daily task that's completely anathema to good writing. That is the opposite of what you want to do. So by going slow, I keep a pretty close eye on how I'm feeling about stuff. I don't let it get too... I don't let myself drift too far away from what I feel is like that... just that feeling of vitality. Like I'm writing something vital. I'm writing something that I like, that I think is the thing... the thing that I would want to read, basically. So in this case, I've definitely fallen off. Like, I just know if I read this, if someone else wrote this book, it's just so transparent. I'd be like, oh great, this is the part where they just sit around and they just talk about all the notes this guy came up with. All, all his clever ideas about alien societies. And it's so unartful and it's so uninterwoven with the story. It's just a lore dump. It's just blah. And probably most of this stuff is not that important anyway. I really need to go through these notes and really figure out, you know, the less is more thing. What is actually important to talk about? What details about these species? Which conversations are actually relevant to this story? What's gonna inform this fucking plot? And what's just some shit that just doesn't matter? That's maybe what I should do today, is go through those notes and sort them into high, medium, and low priority, you know? And low priority can go out the window. High priority, I'll make a definite effort to work into the story, and middle will just be whatever. The medium priority can just be, maybe they'll make it in, maybe they don't. We'll see what happens. But even as clear as this seems, and as obvious as this seems now that I'm saying it, it still was tough for me to unravel. So yesterday, yesterday I did not make it to the beach. Yesterday was a shitty day because I just couldn't sleep. I don't know why, I haven't had insomnia like this in a long time. I was up till like six in the morning and it really felt really unnatural of like, I didn't want to get up, I didn't want to do anything, I didn't want my eyes to be open, but I couldn't sleep. I think honestly I just drank too much coffee. When you drink your final coffee of the day at like 9 p.m., it's a fucking terrible idea. Because <laughs> like, yeah, then it's 6 a.m. and I'm still buzzing. So I didn't sleep nearly enough. Then I woke up the next day at like 1 p.m. and I just felt awful. I felt so tired still. 
but it's like I can't sleep in more. It's fucking 1 p.m. You know, I just gotta tough it out. I just gotta plow through this day. Oh, and then this is so stupid. But yeah, I just I went to go do laundry and I forgot to put my my fucking jeans in the laundry. I'm like, oh man, I only own two pairs of jeans because I, uh, you know, travel light. I can't afford to not clean my jeans, but I fucking forgot to put in the jeans. And then by the time I finished my laundry, it was exactly the time that school finished and every fucking place in that neighborhood, every place was just packed, packed with kids. Hmm, I smell smoke. I wonder what's on fire. I'm down at the end of the beach now near the uh, water treatment plant and near the the tent that's been here all week. And it's a very distinct smoke smell, but I don't see anything burning. That's weird. So yeah, these are all extremely minor things, just like nothing major, but it just, you know, just because I was tired too. The day just felt like a mess. I'm like, oh man, this day sucks. Fuck this. And that's also one of the benefits to doing just small amounts of work each day is, uh, is it's less, it's like, oh man, I really don't feel it today. I really don't feel like fucking sitting down and doing writing. But I'm not asking that much of myself. It's like, I only got to sit down and do a little bit. So it makes it much easier to keep the chain unbroken, to keep the, the pattern and the habit up. But then when I sat down, I was kind of stuck. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm in this little conversation they were having. And I'm like, okay, this conversation could go this way, could go this way, or it could go this way. Which of these three branches in my notes do I want to follow? But just, I couldn't unravel it. None of them seemed right. And I think it's because I should do maybe none of them. Maybe these characters should not just be sitting around talking. Maybe this is the wrong way to go. But I couldn't really parse that out of my brain. Instead, I went back a little bit. I just uh, went to earlier in that same chapter and I kind of found a note that I didn't use and I worked it in there. I still did a little bit of work, but uh, I think it's telling that I was feeling that much resistance. You know, like I was chalking the resistance up to just, oh, I'm tired and I can't find a coffee shop to sit in. But I think it was, that should not, that should not be enough to derail me to that level. The real problem is I just, I don't want to proceed the way I'm going, you know, and I just couldn't quite figure that out yet. And yeah, then the fact that I, I reversed, I backpedaled, that almost never happens. Like I just did a podcast, you know, a couple ago about how I don't revise while I'm writing. And in this case, I still didn't. Like I didn't go back to a previous chapter. It was just earlier in this same chapter. But even that, very rare. That does not happen to me often. And when it does, it's because that's a clear sign that I'm going the wrong way. I'm backpedaling. My subconscious is like, I don't like where we're at. I don't like this. Take me back. Take me back to a previous branch in the road and let's go a different way. Because this isn't working. And then there's the value of sleeping on stuff. Like this all only really became clear today when I woke up. Because uh, sleeping on things, that's the other benefit of working day after day after day and only doing a little bit each day is you get a lot of downtime in between to parse things out in your mind, to sort things out. Like I remember I, uh, I read a thing once about trying to memorize stuff for a test and it was like that idea of cramming the night before the test, how that's a bad idea. If you stay up all night 
studying for a test, that's not the way to remember shit. Where if you try to commit stuff to memory and then you sleep on it, basically it's like the, uh, the things you're trying to remember, those are the big, those are the big mountains of activity in your mind. And then you have all this background noise just buzzing away of just your daily stuff. And when you go to sleep and you just let your subconscious sort itself out and reorganize, when you wake up the next day, it seems so much easier to recall all the stuff you've tried to memorize because those big mountains are still there. Like everything has reduced, but those big spikes are still in your mind. And they seem much more clear and much more visible and much more easy to uh, access because all the buzzy stuff, the day-to-day -day buzzy stuff, that's gone away. That's been flushed away from sleeping. That's gone. And it's very similar in uh, the case of trying to, you know, orienteer your writing, of like trying to make sure you're going the right way and trying to make sure that you're following the right cardinal directions is to sleep on stuff and to let your subconscious sort it out and to let your, your mind do its subconscious work and things will just be more clear the next day. You'll be much more clear as to whether you like where things are going or if you don't like where things are going. And that's what happened to me today. So that's really all I wanted to say. A little bit of a rambly roundabout way of getting to it. But yeah, going at a slower pace and uh, making sure you work every day, spending a lot of time being mindful of your feelings about your own story can really help keep things on track, can really help you from getting lost. Because like I was saying before, if I just kept going in this direction, say I wrote eight or nine of these fucking chapters in a row where they're just sitting around the goddamn gem room talking about stuff, and then I realize, I don't like this. I would have had to have realized eventually. Maybe not though, I don't know. Maybe I would have just fucking tried to publish this goddamn book that people are like, no, no. Get this out of here, you amateur fuck. This sucks. No one likes this. No one wants to read this. Which could still happen. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, I just feel like it would be so much harder to unravel the problem if I motored forward. And I think I'd be way less willing to do it, you know? I'd just be like, ah, oh, fuck, really? All those eight or nine chapters I worked on are all, they all have to go? God damn it. Like, it's so much better to sort this out now at an earlier phase. And at this point, I don't know, maybe all this gem room stuff should go entirely, but again, I'll leave that for a second draft, I don't know. I'm gonna keep these, at least the first gem room chapter, and maybe this second one. And yeah, I think I'll just end this second one with, all right, fuck these gem rooms. She also, like, she uses the gem rooms, my protagonist, to, uh, to climb, as like a climbing exercise. So she'll just fall down real hard and hurt herself and be like, all right, fuck this, fuck this, show me something else. And then I'll just have to come up with something else. Some other room on this space station. I just took a little little pause because uh, a dude just uh, I was I was standing out kind of on the breakwater. Whoa, so windy! Near where that uh, that tent is, I keep mentioning that there's just some tent down here. <clears throat> some tent guy. So this dude just asked me if I'd seen the tent guy, and I was like, no, man, I haven't seen him. Been by here a few times, and I've never seen him. So I got the slight, uh, the slight 411 on this dude that he's just some, some guy, a single, a solo dude who lives in the tent. He's got a little sign up near the tent that just says, don't fuck with my stuff. 
And this other guy was just like, yeah, I was looking for the tent man. I brought him some, uh, brought him some blankets and stuff, but I uh, haven't seen him in a couple of days. I'm like, huh, curious. I had no information to impart about the tent man, but it's a little interesting just to learn a little tiny bit about uh, who the mysterious tent man might be. I was kind of surprised that his tent is so close because I'm right by the treatment plant here. I feel like if I was doing this, I might take my tent way down further, deeper. But then I guess there's also that philosophy that you don't want to be too alone. Like, uh, I used to watch a lot of uh, people who sleep in their cars on YouTube. Because you would think it's just fucking weirdo indigents, right? <laughs> just weird old dudes that sleep in their vans and stuff. But there's a lot of people. Uh, Katie Carney is a pretty famous YouTuber who's this super hot girl from Long Island who just drives around and sleeps in her car. But one of the things I learned from watching these different vloggers is it's not good to be in an isolated, dark area where you might seem like you're more out of the way. But there's danger to it because if somebody wants to come mess with you, you're too far away from society where it's better to sleep in like a, a parking lot and like under a street light to not try to hide yourself, you know, to be more visible. So maybe that's the idea with this guy with his tent, like he's right here at the start of the secret beach where it's still a relatively popular sort of, you know, I saw like three people today. So there's like some sense of a little community still, like this guy is just like, oh, I guess this is just the beach guy and maybe he's just sort of looked after a little bit. I mean like, well, this guy bringing him blankets and stuff. Whereas if he was way far down the beach, which like I said, would have been my, uh, my inclination, but then maybe if some near do well is also way down the beach and he's like, hey, look at this jerk off with his tent and his stuff way down the beach. No one else is around. No one's gonna see and no one's gonna care if I fuck up all his shit. That could totally be a thing. Anyway, speaking of fucking living in tents and living in vans and living in cars and whatever, calling him Tent Man just made me think of the song Piss Bottle Man by Mike Watt. With vocals by Evan Dando. Another Evan Dando join up in this piece. Fucking Piss Bottle Man, song of the day. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.
piss bottle man. Such a tradition, a shrine in my truck. Can. 